Wibbly wobbly time. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. <laughs> I mean, welcome to Science of the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Frida. I'm Abby, and this week's movie is Back to the Future. You stole my line from my summary, so sorry, guys. You're just going to have to listen to it over <laughs> and over again today. <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll put up you. with it because. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's my sample. <laughs> Do you know what? I was lying in bed um, on like Thursday night, like going over how much. I have to do. Um, but then I had another idea of something to do, which is very me. I'm like, let me think of another idea of something to do yeah. when I'm already struggling to sleep. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to make a collection of all the different little things I've written for the song, all the music, yeah. and make a TikTok with all my songs. Exciting. And it will just be like the only one I didn't do it for was. <laughs> Marvel, because you hate me. <laughs> We've established this. It's so funny. It's so <laughs> I know. I know oh, what your great. game is here. You're just like slowly trying to erase <laughs> me from the podcast. <laughs> slowly make me leave. Oh, no. Marvel. Abby, I could never do this without you. What a preposterous idea. <laughs> well, what's your step then? <laughs> okay, fine. Where's I want Eric? Marvel music. Make me Marvel music. I'll go back. I and will. I'll make you Marvel music. <laughs> I'll do it. No, because it'll what be horrible. It be? Whatever you do, it'll be something mean. <laughs> You'll find some way to make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh do you have any news or, or any updates since i last saw you a few days ago <laughs> i have no updates cool me neither not nothing <laughs> yeah good let's go <laughs> just go straight in then i mean some sometimes it's best let's just do it back to the future then shall we have a summary do you want a summary yeah. Okay. Marty McFly is just your average skateboarding cool kid with a lab assistant job with the town's loony inventor. Classic 80s. Doc Brown, the resident mad scientist, tests out his new time machine on his dog Einstein. Doc, you disintegrated Einstein! <laughs> Unfortunately, to get the flux capacitor to work, he had to steal some plutonium from a few Libyan terrorists, and they're kind of mad about it. Taking refuge in the DeLorean, Marty breaks the time speed limit and rockets his way back to 1955, the day Doc invented time travel. His only responsibility while he's there, make sure you don't interfere with your parents' meeting. 
So naturally, Marty knows how important this is to his future and immediately saves his dad from being hit by a car, the very event that sparked his parents' love, inadvertently drawing his mother's affections onto him, something we can talk about later on, but let's all just move along. Is everyone doing okay with this? Do we need a break to assess our lives and comfort levels? <laughs> Thankfully, Marty manages to get the romance back on the right man by getting nerdy dad to finally stand up to his bully. Biff gets biffed, George gets the girl, Doc gets the lightning, Marty gets home, and luckily for everyone, the Libyans crashed out. Back to the future. So good. How do we feel? Ah. Uh, compared with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the last <laughs> one we did. Just... Slightly different. The level of, it's like pain and suffering. This is just so funny. And you and you also really, it feels like everybody was having a blast as well. Like I can just imagine them making the movie and just cracking up and having such a good time. It's just pure joy from start to finish. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's so clever. It's so clever. And it's such a good story too. I just love it. How about you? Yeah. I, it's the same and the thing is I hadn't seen it in such a long time so when I went to watch it it's like in my you know the way I think we've talked about this with some movies before already where you just you have certain images of it in your mind and, and that's what it always is because you know it so well you're just like oh I've seen that a million times and then like I went and I watched it and I was just like I don't remember the Libyan terrorists I don't remember <laughs> like there's so many yeah, different things totally. I, was like, I don't remember any of this because you just you don't think of it as uh, a whole. I, I actually felt that way about like the most of the middle section. Yeah. Like I remember Doc Brown. I remember time travel, the beginning and the end, the clock tower for sure, the car. And then the whole middle, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. I forgot there's this enormously dramatic story. <laughs> no. Like it's pretty full on. And it's so good because like that gets resolved and then you're like, then you just sort of strap in for the rest of the movie to get resolved. It's like yeah. th that story wraps up and then the rest of the story wraps up. But yeah, I was the same. I didn't remember half of it. <laughs> there but was even a point where I asked something and my friend was like, have you even watched this? I'm like, maybe I haven't. <laughs> I honestly think that there's some movies where I think I've seen them because of what, it, like, I was like that with Star Wars for a really long time. I knew Star Wars because I'd seen the Family Guy spoof of Star Wars and I'd seen Spaceballs <laughs> so many times that I was like, yeah, I've seen Star Wars. Of course I've seen Star Wars. <laughs> I finally watched it for the first time. I was like, I have not seen Star Wars. <laughs> I have not seen <gasps> I mean, I have Can seen I tell Star you Wars. Something? Just to clarify, I, I have seen Star Wars. <laughs> better fucking better. Can I tell you an embarrassing story? Yeah. About, so I, I was, when I was really little and I was at my friend's house and we watched, we were going to put on Toy Story and I was like, yeah, I've totally seen this. Yeah, I've seen Toy Story. And it started and I was like, so is this like animated or it's like real uh. people? <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at me, she's like, Who's it? I was like, Yeah, I've totally seen it. That's what I thought. Just forgot if it was real people. Uh, was animated. <laughs> anyway. 
All right. So the movie is genuinely fun. Um, and it makes you smile no matter what. You kind of can't help but I yeah. think. And there's just so many joyous bits to it. And I think the main part for me was that just the cast, like I didn't register who was in the cast. Aside from Marty and Doc Brown, to me it was just like, it's whatever. <laughs> there's other people. <sighs> and then you watch it and it's like, um, Crispin Glover? What? What is happening? <laughs> So, uh, do you, would you like to chat about some of the cast? Yeah, well, Chris, was that with Crispin Glover? I mean, we may as well. Yeah. He, what does he go? Lou, give me a milk, chocolate. And then it goes like slides across the table and he like gulps it down. He's so, first of all, he's so beautiful. Isn't he gorgeous? And yep. just his, his the way he dresses nowadays, he'd be a, like a like really cool, a big spunk. Like if he was wandering around London or whatever, yeah. Brunswick Street, he would be so cool. So I find that really ironic. I love him. He's so funny. His entire oh physicality in swear? the movie, you're just like, hey, you. how is that Crispin Glover? Because <laughs> he usually plays evil people, right? Mm. Iconic yeah. Charlie's Angels, the hair. <laughs> That's right. But he's actually so beautiful. Hmm. Uh, what Isn't about he? Leah Thompson? Another one who is absolutely beautiful. She's, she's so beautiful, but she's got she's such a perfect um, look for being like the way her character is. Yeah. Like, yes, she's I'm beautiful, so innocent, but she's but like really. super. <laughs> But really, she's got that glint. Because wasn't her eye. she from Melrose Place? Exactly. Yeah, she's amazing. I love Leah Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? Uh, anyone? I mean, like, uh, like obviously Michael J. Fox. Like, you just can't. You can't. The love I think that we feel as humanity for Michael J. Fox is like. There's yeah. certain actors that. There's just something about them and there will always be a level of love for them. And it's Michael J. Fox, Brendan Fraser, Keanu Reeves. Like there's just people that are just like, <laughs> you guys will always have our love and adoration. <laughs> so it's just. It's it, funny because it's like our age. Uh, no, maybe not. But those people made us happy as kids and teenagers. If you think about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean he's I feel sad you know I feel sad thinking about him um, because of how much he's he suffers yeah but he's so strong and so amazing and he's su such a good example and happens to be also made a lot of people very happy exactly yeah and he's so I love him he's hey dad dad daddy daddy oh he's just so cute <laughs> he's so adorable so young the in this. His tiny baby face. He's so adorable. He kind of he oh he looks kind of young still. I love the um the skating mm. uh, when he's the big is twice in the movie where he skates. Yeah, and it's like really long. It's such a fun scene, but and it's fun to watch every second of it. But also, it's like that's how we get to know his character, and like that's how we get to know the neighborhood. But it's so cool. It's just. This long thing of him being super cute. Yeah. 
and you know waving to the aerobics instructors <laughs> i love how there's parts of this movie that function both as entertainment but all also exposition and mm-hmm. it's like never it's never really clunky i don't think no, I mean, like, there's all those moments at the beginning, but it is kind of perfectly done where you're just like, it's all about letting you see everything so that you can then make that comparison later on. Like, it's about it's about creating that comparison yeah. when he goes back in time. And, and it's all and fun. It's done in such a way that you know the points you're supposed to focus on. You know you're supposed to focus yeah. on the election van. You know you're supposed to focus... Like, all these yeah. little things that are very of the time to then show you the difference uh, later on. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love it. It's like, it's like it's saying... It's like, hey, guys, watch this. And you're like, okay. Yeah, sure. You know that it's telling you to watch, but it's so fun. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's great so, fun. Speaking yeah, and of, of course, fun, Christopher Lloyd... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to keep Doc Brown for in a little bit, but if you want to talk anything about Christopher Lloyd right okay. now, then... No. Um, no. Is there anyone else in the cast you want to pick out before we go into best bits? Just a little one. Um, I just love Lorraine's mother. I got the actress's name. It's... Um, oh, my phone's covering my computer. I was trying to, I was trying to like, get rid of my phone like with my tab. Yeah. But it was actually there. <laughs> Frances Lee McCain is the mother. And she's only there for a little bit, but she has like one zinger after another. With the baby, she's like, he cries every time we take him out of the crib. So we we leave him there all the time. <laughs> <Yes>. Just <laughs> She's being like a 50s mom and she's yeah. just zinger after zinger. Excellent. She's great. All right. So what That's about it. best bits? Well, I definitely the uh this I love all the skating stuff. Mm. I love that milkshake thing. I've mentioned already my couple. Yeah. Um and I sort of something that I just love I mean it's not it's like there's something that it's just something I wanted to point out, I don't know where else to do it, is that it's just funny to me that when he makes phone calls, there's no joke to make about phones being different because between the 50s and the 80s, phones didn't really change. You oh, know? yeah. I just found that really funny. I just noticed that. Uh, I love Earth Angel, Earth Angel. <laughs> I think that's my favorite part, the school dance at the end. Uh, How about you? So I there's just there's two things, that three things actually that I, I – really really enjoy the opening bit I like when he goes into Doc Brown's place and it's very Pee Wee Herman yeah. but more kind of realistic you know just gadgety yeah, everything shit yeah exactly uh, and then I just I, I love the moment where he plugs the plugs the guitar in and the speaker just that whole like the ridiculousness of how small he is in comparison to how big that speaker is and then just the blowout uh, it just makes me laugh then there's, there's two things that I just yeah. think are hilarious. The first thing is when he comes out of the car in the radiation suit is hilarious. Like, it's so goofy, but oh, it's so yeah. funny when he just comes out and, like, <laughs> the people in the farm with the with the gun and they're just like, it's it's so well done. And there's this bit, and it's, it's hard to describe, but it's, I think, my favourite bit in the entire movie. So... Doc and Marty are there and Doc's about to show Marty like the car time traveling for the first time and the DeLorean is revving 
and he's getting the DeLorean up in speed and Doc is standing there and he's really fixated on it and Marty's standing next to Doc and Marty starts clocking what's happening and he just does a little sidestep away from Doc. Doc stops what he's doing, looks at Marty, stares at him until Marty sidesteps back into Doc and then he goes back to what he's doing. (laughs) And it's just such a small little bit, but it's so perfect. And I just, yeah, I had to pick it out. I didn't pick up on that. But uh, speaking of, I think the fact that it so quickly goes into time travel and that time travel scene with the fire underneath the feet is so fun. That is so, it's amazing. And just the whole like boom, 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 it's time travel, it's this. And not only did we find out about it, it happens and then it's like one minute later and it happens so quickly and it's so, so fun. Yes. That, that. That's probably as well. Like I think the fire under the feet is is still so so great. And actually, from a from a special effects point of view, it's great. Yeah, it's probably it is. that's true. The one bit with the hands that's probably the only bit that you're like, ah, it's but a bit goofy. It doesn't matter. Yes, the eighties. It's a bit goofy. It's very funny. Or the, the school, the whole the whole dance sequence um, with the. Yeah, here's something, a little something from the future. <laughs> um, so There's a lot of fun stuff. Shall we just do, do we have anything else or do we want to just go straight into themes? Um, let's go straight into themes. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, themes then is funny because it's like it's not that deep. <laughs> There's a couple of things. There's the whole Oedipus Rex thing, but, you know, I don't really want to get into that right now just yet. Uh, there's the idea of like, your parents are human too. Um, but I was kind of looking at it from the perspective of it's mainly about not living in the past, not letting the decisions you made before define you or hold you back, uh, learning about how to move forward in the now rather than hoping that you could change the past. But then unless you have a kid with a weird inventor friend who can do it for you because it does change. So I don't know. What do you think the theme is? Time travel. That's it. I, it's not deep at all. It's a yeah. fun story. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but none of the characters, it's all surface level jokes about people, which is great fun. Like, and it's just a romp. The only thing is maybe like, I was thinking that Marty is a slacker, like mm-hmm. a huge slacker, and he's forced to have to like Do get some onto shit so that he can save <laughs> Yeah, so that he can, and only because it's his own existence, right? And so I just think he learns a little bit how to, how to, I don't know, get off his ass. Yeah, that's 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 like the moral. I don't think there's, I don't think there's, <laughs> yeah, time travel, <laughs> paradoxes, yeah, which we will get to. I don't to. think there's much there. To All be right. honest, well then, yes. let's just go straight into tropes. What's your trope? Yeah, wow. I mean, it's a hard one because this create like there's so many cliches from this movie. So I was trying to find stuff that was not like so obvious. Mm. Uh, so I got, I have three. Okay. I was trying not to do the obvious. So the first one is just terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like with the machine guns in the air. and But, but it's not just terrorists. With it's this, stupid like, terrorists. Fans. Yeah, yeah, like 
Like they wanted to steal back the plutonium. They just were shooting. Anyways, doesn't yep. matter. Yeah, stupid terrorists. So that's number one. Should I keep going? Yep. Go for it. Experimenting on dogs. Mm. <laughs> Makes me very sad. I mean, that's I know Einstein was okay, but still it was like, Doc, did you not care about what was going to happen to Einstein? And speaking of which, my third one was the molecular structure of Einstein is completely intact. That's just another <laughs> little science speak. On a because Doc level. Brown is a scientist. <laughs> yes, because Doc Brown is a scientist, he can't just be like, don't worry, he's fine. He has to be like, the molecular structure is completely intact. They always have to so say molecular all. at some point. That's how, that's how science movies work. Molecular, yeah. nano, quantum atomic something i suppose the thing is though i did totally. i did just say that um like the fact that he didn't care about einstein but he knew what was going to happen already so he knew einstein was going to be okay wait one second let me think about that because doc's doc's well, already met past is- marty so doc's already knows that his time he travel kn- machine works there's a point right before when they're in the car and he's going, this is an important time. And then he's like, oh. Okay, stop because we're going to come back to that. Okay. We'll come back to that. Let's leave okay, that for now. Fine. Okay, so my he- trope is uh, my trope is just to do with the – it's the school principal guy or the teacher guy, whatever it is, because I just, I just hate it. It's the I hated your dad, so I hate you too trope. You know, all just that crap where he kept going on. It's like your dad was a slacker too. Your dad was this too. And it's like – Really? And then we go back in time and we're like, well, actually, his dad was a nerd who was bullied a lot. So what the hell were you thinking, dude? So. He was he was bullying him. Uh, no, like the, I'm sure he was a bullying Marty's dad. Te- the teacher. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what oh, I mean. It's just it, no, it's, it's just saying the whole the whole slacker thing and everything. And there's just the whole idea of like I hate you. Just the the fact that as a teacher you hate a student for no logical reason, and then therefore you're yeah. going to hate their child as well. It's like just totally. Ugh. Okay, <laughs> so science, science, science. I want to start with Shit, yeah. um, the scientist. So our one scientist that we've got, Doc Brown. Now. Doc Brown is our mad inventor. Do you know, Frida, that Doc Brown has his own Wikipedia page? Can I look at it? Oh, well, yeah, but I was going to read you some stuff from it. Oh, yeah, go. All right. So <laughs> Doc Brown's uh, full name is Emmett Lathrop Brown. And Lathrop. What? Yeah. Emmett Lathrop Brown. And Lathrop is a uh, portal backwards, but with a H put in don't know why anywho his occupation is listed as scientist physicist blacksmith (laughs) that's so weird Um, that's weird abby isn't it weird his mannerisms and appearance are loosely inspired by albert einstein and leopold stakowski who is a or was a very very famous conductor who appeared in disney's fantasia and conducted like so many of, of the biggest orchestras in the world. Um, and then your favorite, Rick Sanchez, 
is a parody of Doc Brown. And Christopher Lloyd actually played Sanchez in a series of promo videos. And Morty is, of course, inspired by Marty. And Lloyd said that he feels like Rick and Doc are two brothers that went on different paths. Two brothers in a time machine. <laughs> That's my Doc Brown yeah, fact it makes for you. you. Wonder, do we go, why, why is this child and this guy hanging out in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's because, so Marty, I, I read it and there is like some sort of, it's not said in the movie, but there is like a, a history of a kind of thing where it says that when Marty's 14, he meets Doc Brown and he works. And he gets a job as a lab assistant in Doc Brown's lab. So he's been working with Doc Brown for years as his lab assistant by the time we meet him in Back to the Future. Cool. That would have happened in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> 80s was a different time. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I love Doc Brown. He's so funny. You know, there's like a really, one really um, bit which makes me, this is why I love him, is because when Marty goes back, to the past and shows Doc Brown the video and he presses play. Doc Brown is like, oh, look how look how old. Yeah. You know, like he's so happy. Yeah. And he's not like, oh my God, I look so old. He's like, oh, this is amazing. That's <laughs> it's I, probably like, like I didn't die like, from one of my inventions. <laughs> oh, no, he's just excited. He's like really excited that it's actually him as an old man. He can't believe it. That's why I love him because he's always happy and always excited about science. Mm. You know, he's infectious. Bit overexcited, but he's so fun and crazy. I That's the him. thing. He's the mad scientist, but he's not like the evil mad scientist or no like he's a little bit irresponsible but his stuff works so he's also great and as you said he's joyous and infectious and and enthusiastic mm -hmm. we love doc brown do you have anything else you want to say about he our scientist? science no how do you feel about christopher lloyd it's such a contrast to one flew over the cuckoo's nest it's very weird that we did that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think Christopher Lloyd just kind of goes nuts. He just goes crazy. As I said, I, it looks like they're having the time of their lives from beginning to end. Yeah. It's, inf I mean, it's infectious. Um, he's so crazy with his glasses. I actually love when he's younger and then he wears, um, when he's wearing this cool outfit as a younger man. Oh yeah. When you see him before he's like not completely nuts and he has like a super cool outfit, a hat, a shirt, a jacket, pants. He's I think cool. it's like cuz the But again, yeah, just the school. Well, this cuz the story goes that like he's from a very wealthy family and he has all this yeah. inheritance and he's got this and he makes all his inventions and everything's kind of okay. Then obviously that day he invents time travel, Marty comes back and then he just like spends the whole rest of the next 30 years spending all of the family money, all of his inheritance make, to make time travel work. So by the time we meet him in the 80s, he's yeah. just, that's why he's like in the garage with and everything's just a bit crap and there's such a contrast between it because he spent everything to get the time machine to work basically. Which yeah. he does. But so should we talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Straight let's in. Let's talk about this random shit. 
Frida, we've never yeah. been like this before. We are 30 minutes into recording and we're already in science. Which is what we try to aim for anyway when we're editing, by the way. I know. So I'm really happy. And it feels like we're just, it feels like no time has passed, but this is exactly what we want. All right. Time travel. Okay. Time travel. We're into our science section for real, and we are into time travel, which we have talked about before. So I've broken it up into a couple of things, but let's just start with what the reality of time travel is as we know it. We know time travel to be something that we can do, but it's a one-way trip. We talked a bit about this in Interstellar Recording, uh, how the situation occurs on Miller's planet, that time travels slower when you're closer to a large mass. But time is also relative depending on your travel speed. So it speeds up or slows down depending on how fast you are traveling relative to another frame of reference. Time dilation occurs because as you approach the speed of light, time travels slower for you than someone in another frame of reference. The closer you get to the speed of light, the closer the passage of time gets to zero. This way you can, in essence, travel to the future. Now, if you travelled at the speed of light, the relative time would be infinite. So let's say you travel at 99.99% the speed of light for one year. 70.7 years would pass on Earth. So, time travel to the future. But how do you go backwards? Well, you can't. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But this is obviously the whole premise of the movie, There is time travel back in time. So before we get into a bit more realities about what the the implications of this are, how do they do this? They do this using Doc Brown's flux capacitor. Uh, This is what makes time travel possible. Now, the flux capacitor is what makes this movie great. And I think this is something that we both love in science movies. And I'm 100% sure you're going to agree with me here because there is absolutely zero explanation at any point does he say that the flux how it works or how it does it it's just the thing that does the thing and that's it and we're like cool time travel flux capacitor does it yeah (laughs) there's nothing boring like there's no boring bits for example because they don't Mm. bother to try to explain something which what would be the point because it's impossible so they just go that thing you're like done like the movie sets up within 10 minutes, time travel happens, here's, here's how it works, here's the thing done. You're like, thanks. That's it. That's all I needed to know straight into the story. Exactly. And that's the thing. And like to honor the beauty of that, I've made absolutely no attempt to try to figure out or explain how the flux capacitor would work because why would I bother? There's nothing that can be called into question. They don't say anything that makes us have to go like, oh, but really it would be this or that. It's just a nonsense term. Flux capacitor is a total mm-hmm. nonsense term made up just for Back to the Future. And I'm really happy with it. <laughs> and I love that the name, the word is so clever because it almost sounds like something that could be real. Yeah. But not quite. So it's not so, it's, it's brilliant. Like if you never saw Back to the Future and someone mentioned flux capacitor, you would try to think about what it might be. That's why it's so good. It's just subtle. Agreed. 
So that's thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, please do. <laughs> Science at the movie said you. Stop it. <laughs> right. So <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to do before we talk, before we get into a little bit more on the actual time travel stuff? Is there anything that you want to bring up just about, about the whole flux capacitor and the DeLorean and just, just the whole vibe of it? Do you know what a DeLorean is apart from this movie? Does that mean no. anything to you? No. Okay. Was it like, Is did this movie car. make it a thing? Or was it just one of those things where maybe like in the 80s, was it a new, because the doors went up, that it was like, spaceshipy. I think the joke is that it was, yeah, I think the joke is that in the 80s, the DeLorean was a thing and it was so futuristic that it could be mistaken um, for a spaceship by people in the 50s. Right. It might have, but I, I didn't know what it is apart from from the movie. I was just curious. Yeah. No, that's all. Happy to keep going. No. Okay, so there's there's a couple of things that I love. The license plate says out of time on the DeLorean. Oh, does it? Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's great. <laughs> um, there's also in the credits, This is this is, I adore this. In the credits, there is a um, a credit for a, a DeLorean time travel consultant. And the person credited with this is Ron Cobb. And you should know the name Ron Cobb because he was one of the artists on Alien, the concept artists that did the entire... Um, yes. Yeah, so he did the Nostromo spaceship on Alien. All of the, all of the human yeah, aspects was Ron Cobb. And yeah, so he's he's oh. credited as the DeLorean time travel consultant. I love it. Just, just great little connection. I just re- remembered something about the machine. Are you going to bring up plutonium? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, right now, to... so if you want to say anything about it, go ahead. Okay, the total randomness of them putting the pluto- plutonium in so they're all like, we're going to have a journey. And suddenly the scene cuts and they're like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so utterly random. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny. Well, it's that, so ridiculous. Well, that was the thing. So I thought, like, let's just pick out just two small points um, in terms of, of how, how the whole thing works. And that's with the plutonium and the gigawatt. So plutonium, first off, is a radioactive element and it is it is the principal fuel used in most reactors. So over one third of the energy in most power plants comes from plutonium, which is created in the reactor as a byproduct. Um, so natural occurrences of plutonium are really, really rare and most of it is the result of a fission reaction and the world's stores are kept for use in weapons programs. So the whole idea that he wants the plutonium because of its energy output, um, but he has to like steal it from some guys who wanted him to make a bomb, it all kind of links properly in terms of what where where plutonium would come from and what it would be used for. And that it's so rare. Mm-hmm. So I just liked that. Um, mm-hmm. And then gigawatt. How do we feel about gigawatt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love when, when he's like, listening to himself on the video and he was like how many gigawatt does he need 1.3 yeah something like and christopher 1.2. lloyd's like what gigawatt what gigawatts 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 
like you just start smashing everything. <laughs> so the the thing, so funny. the funny thing with Jigawan is, it's like so you hear it and they keep saying Jigawan. It's like what the hell? It's like yes, they are trying to say gigawatt. Like it is, it is supposed to be gigawatt. But apparently, the consultant that worked with the scriptwriters pronounced it gigawatt. And the scriptwriters didn't know that this was an unusual pronunciation, so they just wrote it in as a gigawatt, like J-I-G-O, not knowing that it was gigawatt and just pronounced funny. Um, so yeah, oh, that's so funny. that's just how it ended up as gigawatt in the movie. And then it's and then since then it's just been adopted as just taking it that it's just a weird character quirk of Doc Brown's that that's just how he pronounces gigawatt as gigawatt. Just thought it was really funny. <laughs> I'm not mad about Jigawatt. No, it's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, that could be G's. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So <clears throat> time flows. Sorry, time doesn't flow. What? Okay. Time flowing backwards. How do, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, how do we feel about this? Let's actually just talk about it for a minute first. The basic laws of physics don't adhere to a specific flow of time. There is no distinction between past and future. When it comes to the macroscopic scale, things are different because we have the second law of thermodynamics, which has time moving in only one direction. So an isolated system will tend towards increasing entropy or increasing disorder. Once that system is in its fully disordered state, a state of equilibrium, there is no longer a distinction in the arrow of time. And since we experience time flowing in one direction, that means that we must not be in an equilibrium state. So we are moving towards a higher entropy, moving towards a fully disordered state where time wouldn't have any distinction in the in the flow in backwards and forwards. But as we move towards that higher entropy, time flows in one direction. Now, the Big Bang was a low entropy state and we're continuing towards the high entropy universe where at the end, the equilibrium state would be empty space. No life, no arrow of time. So time flows in one direction. You can't travel back along the arrow of time to a more ordered state, to something that has already occurred. These are my thoughts on time travel in movies, okay? It's presented as time existing all at once. Like, because how could you jump to another time period if it's not a physical place that currently exists? If you view time travel as an event that erases all of the events leading up to the moment when you travelled back in time then the future hasn't happened yet. So the future that created your time machine doesn't exist. So you can't be back in time. The only way it works is if time is not fixed so that you can be in the past in your future. And in that respect, all time must coexist. Does that make sense? Um, You can be in the past in your future. Yeah. Oh, as in on the same timeline and you've gone to the past. Yeah. So that's what the movie appears like it's doing. 
Yeah, because the the thing is, if you think about time as being, uh, like, if you think about it what, in what time is, in that, like, if you went backwards in time, if the, the idea of Marty going back and making these changes then erases the future that created him, if that happens, Marty can never have gone back in time in the first place. So the only way for him to actually be affecting the future in the way that he is, is if time is is not a linear um, set point. It has to, the past has to coexist at the same time as the future and the present. Yeah. You know, so instead of him going like back on a timeline, it's like he's going over there. And and it just happens that like that's that's a different time period where he can affect it because everything is is existing at the same time that there is no um, there is no dis- no distinct flow for time, which we know to not be true. Or- so this is just this is just like the movie interpretation of time. It appears to me. The only way that it would not violate this second law of, law of thermodynamics is if you travel to – it's just another place in, in space mm-hmm. that happens to be a different time. Like it happens to be a timeline at a different time at that same time that you're in the future in one timeline, travel to that sp- space, and it's further back in the past. That's the only way that it could make any sense and not violate any of those rules is if it was just infinite timelines. But then how could he interact? Oh, I guess we're always changing our future all the time. We make decisions in it and it changes everything constantly. So he goes to one timeline and in that timeline he doesn't exist, but he's from a different timeline, no problem. Okay, well we'll get to that we'll get to, to that in a, he... Okay, we'll get to that in a minute cuz that's a different thing. Um okay. That that's that's coming to the point of like different different versions. That's that's different like parallel universes, parallel timelines. Yeah. But I understand um, what you're saying. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying that like I'm trying I'm trying to get my head around like what movies do and in in reality to me it just appears that the only way that you can make a time travel movie in this respect is by saying that all time coexists, that it's not linear, that you don't, you're not, uh, that going back in time doesn't erase the future and that you can be in the past, in your own future, because time, all timeline coexists, basically. Uh, but the point is, in reality, time is a construct. Um, so the way that we think about time, uh, or, or as Carlo Rovelli puts it, it's an illusion, But the main point for us in terms of the arrow of time is that entropy isn't a construct. Entropy isn't an illusion. Entropy is a very real um, aspect of our universe and our physical systems, which means we do have an arrow of time or we do move towards Mm -hmm. a more disordered or a higher entropy state. And that's what we view as the flow of time in one direction. I understand. Okay, so that's what time is in terms of the arrow of time, and that's why we can't go back in time. But if we think about it then in terms of... Now, we've talked about this before in other... Because we've had a few time travel things. We've talked about Happy Death Day to you. We've talked about um, Primer. What Have we done other time travel movies? I can't remember. 
Primer, happy death day to you. Happy death day. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, 12 monkeys. Oh, yes. Thank you. I knew there was another one. I knew I knew there were ones. Um, okay, so we've talked about the paradoxes before, right? So let's talk Yes. a little bit. Let's just recap. The main problem uh, with time travel comes from causal- issues with causality. A caused event cannot be seen to occur before the action that caused it. And this leads to uh, the grandfather paradox, which is if you go back in time and kill your grandfather, then your parents don't exist. So you aren't born to be able to go back in time and kill your grandfather, uh, which is the main argument or the main paradox that's always raised when it comes to time travel. Now, a way around the grandfather paradox is the idea of the closed causal loop. And this would be the case if it turned out that Marty going back in time is what got his parents together in the first place. That like his existence depended on his going back in time. So Marty is born, he goes back in time, introduces his parents, therefore Marty is born. And it goes round and round and round and round. Uh, The problem with this setup is that it introduces the bootstrapping paradox which is the the one that says well sorry which is the one that says what started the loop in the first place <laughs> doing all right over there yeah i have to think <laughs> where is the what is the origin of the first question is if Marty goes back in time and interferes with the creation of his parents, where did Marty come from? Yes. But also if what the next argument to that was, well, that's what happened to happen, ha- to, happen to him to exist, then where does the loop come from? Yes. <laughs> well, why do we have to explain the loop? Well, because what started it in the first place? What kicks off the requirement for Marty to go back in time? Like if his it's so so that's that's connecting it to to Marty. But if we think about it from, I think it's the one that's depicted in Terminator, right? So it's that uh, he sends the t- Terminator back, Terminator back in time to save his mother so that he's born or something, which is then allows him to be in the future to send him back to save his mother. John Connor, yeah. So, so, like, it's sticking just... Sticking with Back to the... F- yeah, go on. Doc might push him. We, we, we're just going to go back, back, back with, like, who's responsible. But let's just say Doc pushes Marty back in time because he knows Marty has to go back in time in order for Doc to invent time travel. No, he doesn't. Okay, so he doesn't. Doc's already invented time travel. If if Marty never went back in time, then there'd be no problem. I I mean, he does end up making things better for his family. I think it's an accident. He accidentally goes back in time. Yeah, but we're not talking about exactly what's happening in the movie yet, right? We'll get to that in just a minute. We'll get to what the movie is doing. But just in terms of actual time travel paradoxes, we have two things. We've got the grandfather paradox, and then the solution to the grandfather paradox is the closed loop 
um, the closed causal loop. But the closed causal loop introduces a new paradox, which is the bootstrapping paradox, which is the what starts the loop in the first place. So it doesn't really matter. Even if you use closed causal loop as a solution to grandfather paradox, you still introduce another paradox in terms of time travel. So it's not a paradox-free method. Is the bootstrap paradox to say why would somebody begin to go back in time? Is that what the question is? No, so the bootstrapping bootstrapping paradox is basically saying that if Marty... So so forget what actually happens in the movie and just think of this as as a thought experiment. Say that Marty's parents never meet, right? Say that the only reason Marty's parents meet is because Marty introduces them. And that that's the only reason they get together and they have a baby. They have Marty. And Marty grows up and Marty goes back in time and introduces his parents. So that's what the bootstrapping paradox is then. What starts that loop off? In order for Marty to go back in time, he has to be born. In order for Marty to be born, he has to go back in time and introduce his parents. It's the chicken and the egg which came first. Yeah, and what I think is... Yeah, and it's also, what's the point? It seems to be like only exists just to explain itself into existence. Yeah. Didn't need to be there at all, if that's the case. Yeah, so it's like if the grandfather paradox solution is a causal loop, it begs the question, seems completely futile, that the only reason this loop exists is just to explain itself, which isn't a good enough reason. Yeah, but but that's what the point is. That's what the point is. It's saying the grandfather paradox is a paradox. And if you try to explain the grandfather paradox using a closed causal loop as a solution, that introduces a new paradox. So you can't do time travel Mm. without having a paradox. No. Is is essentially the the idea. Yeah, I'm just trying to visualize it. Is there, yeah, so the next thing is, is there any way around it? Is there any way around avoiding the time travel paradox? The only way around it is to explain that there's infinite realities happening all at the same time. It seems to be. Right. So, yeah. So we come to a couple of things, right? So the first one is the, in terms of looking at, explaining the concept of traveling back in time in reality in physics now we've said because of the arrow time you can't do that but there are these things called closed time like curves and these are world lines which are paths that objects trace in four-dimensional space-time which return to their starting point there are solutions to the equations of general relativity that have geometries containing these closed time-like curves uh, as to their physical plausibility, we don't know, but there are actual solutions within general relativity that says that we, that there are objects that could travel back a lot or travel to their origin point within four-dimensional space-time. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Just checking on you. <laughs> This brings us to a thing called Novikov's self-consistency principle, okay? 
So this says that any event that would cause a paradox or a change to the past would have a zero probability of occurring. So you could travel back in time, but nothing that you could do would change the course of history and there would be no paradoxes. Because any the probability of any event, of you doing any event or, or any event occurring that would allow you to change the course of history would have a zero probability, so it wouldn't happen. So the only way that you would travel back in time, exist back in time, and then would be if there, it didn't create any paradoxes and you didn't, your existence there had no effect on the future. Self, self-consistency. That's con- con- convenient. <laughs> it well, seems like the movies make us believe it's very easy to change the future. I mean, it seems like they do, but it's not. <laughs> It's weird how physics then tells us it's a lot harder than that. <laughs> so what did you call it? Self-consistency? It's Novikov's self-consistency principle. It's uh, laid out by a Russian physicist. Um, I can't remember his first name, but Novikov. Now, he cool. so this ties to the closed time-like curves, right? And then cl- ties to closed causal loops as well as an argument that if you can travel back in time, then the events that have already happened occurred because you traveled back in time. So uh, if there are existing these objects that would allow you to travel to an origin point in four-dimensional space-time, it basically means that the events that occurred that led to the point of you travelling back in time already occurred, and they occurred as the result of you travelling back in time. So you can't change anything that already happened. Um. I feel like it's one yes, of those this movies is the 12 where breaking monkeys. Frida. <laughs> yes, yes, it is the 12 I find it really one, yeah. hard to think about. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And then I was like thinking that and then I got confused again. Yeah, that's the 12 monkeys ideology, which is that you can't change the future because it's already happened. Yes. And then I had a whole like meltdown because I was like, why shouldn't you change it? What determines the future? And my question was fate, God or something like that. But it's physics. Yeah, because what it's saying and the 12 monkeys thing, what the 12 monkeys one does as well is that because he doesn't know that it's his actions of traveling back in time that has caused everything that led to the point of him traveling back in time. Exactly. That's why from a narrative point of view, it makes sense because he doesn't know the exact actions that have to be avoided or not avoided. Therefore, it is unlikely that he will interfere with that. Whereas in this movie, they're like, didn't you meet dad because you like, yeah. hit him with the car and the, so, the thing on this day, this year? Exactly. So before we get to this movie, right, let's, let's talk about one more, one more loose, loose proposal <laughs> relating to time travel. And this is by David Deutsch. Um, and that relates to the many worlds interpretation with interacting worlds. So this comes back to what you were bringing up a moment ago. So if you go back in time, you're not actually going back in time in your time. You're traveling to another variation. So any influence you have is not on your own past. It's a copy. Uh, you're essentially in a superposition state with that timeline. So you both did and did not time travel. And you both did and did not kill your grandfather. 
And this seems to be the happy death day to you and the Rick and Morty approach. The Rick and Morty approach in that one episode with the the hot tub. But that thing that, and that's what you're saying about the the timelines and the, as as we said, I mean, it's the many worlds um, interpretation. And it's just the idea that at any, within quantum mechanics, any event has a probability of occurring and that rather than the high, the event with the highest probability being the one that occurs, it says that all events occur simultaneously, but they just spawn all these many worlds where all the different events all occur. Um, so the idea being then that when you travel back in time, you don't travel on your timeline, you go to a different one where, which is a copy, uh, where another series of events happened and you affect the future of that timeline, not your own. And I think that's the least interesting explanation, to be honest. It's like the least romantic and almost the laziest one. It's so much interesting when you consider that there is one reality because when you think about this infinite it's it goes like well then you know i don't know it's i i it's not as interesting to think about than if what you just said about novikov's inconsistency makes me think how that's that that makes me think quite a lot like it's more exciting to think about that to be honest than to just imagine that the explanation is eh we're not that interesting we're not that special but but i well i know this is theoretical right yeah but if you did travel to another dimension like you could how do you get back that's a dumb question but that's what i thought about how could you get back why would how why would you be there and how could you get back yeah i don't know the answer to that question (laughs) yeah just to clarify you can't travel to another dimension because dimension means something different but uh to another universe um or another world another another instance another another instance instance. yeah um yeah i don't know because then if he comes back that's the thing then when he goes back to the future does he go back to his future or if he's in, if it is a many worlds thing, and if he has gone, then he's in a different future. He's Have in you a seen different dark. The TV timeline. series. I haven't watched it yet. No, I started to watch it, and I couldn't it's really get pretty, into it. It's pretty fucking interesting, but it's not worth it in the end. But I'm like, it really mucks around with all this stuff in a way that is seriously interesting. Oh, okay. But, um. It's really cool. It just doesn't have a good explanation at the end. Like it's oh, just like, because <laughs> it's messy as all hell. But I really want to. I hope can we go back to the Novikov's inconsistency at some point? Self consistency. Like, yeah. Okay. Well, I want to. So let's cut into this movie then. Right. Let's talk about okay. what they do in the movie, and then because because we can link it to the self consistency thing a little bit. So this is the thing, when it comes to Back to the Future, the time travel, there is no way to link it to any um, existing time travel paradox or existing concept around, or like even loose physical concepts, because essentially Back to the Future is just like anything goes time travel. It's a little bit of the grandfather paradox with Marty disappearing because his parents uh, aren't... um, are like because of the the stuff that interfering with his parents meeting 
But the loop does close in that his parents get together. But it's not a closed causal loop because he does affect the future. Um, the question is what level of alteration is allowed. And this is where I do find the, what happens in the movie really interesting. Because if we look at it from the perspective of major events versus minor events, right? In that so long as his parents get together, Marty is still born, he still meets Doc, and he still travels back in time. The rest, in terms of how his parents meet, don't influence the rest of the story. So the fact that, you know, the car didn't hit the dad and all of that stuff happened doesn't matter so long as the parents still got together at the dance at the end. Uh, versus the idea that if that one action changes all the events. And this is what I enjoy about the movie, because I like that the movie basically says, like, there's... There are ways that you can influence the future, but it's not from one action. There, There's multiple things then that you can do to try to correct it to get it back on course, which is what Marty does. So the idea that, that are, there is a small chance that Marty will actually do something that will change everything completely and totally. That yeah. goes back to the self-consistency. Yeah, so, Even it, so though it's not Even though the photo a, was for us just like a... Like I think it would be interesting. I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to change. Um, I don't want to change Back to the Future because I love it as it is. But if you want to take it into the idea of how could it be a good representation of time travel, to me, what would be a good representation is if it did follow the Novikov's self consistency principle. In that, if we found out at the end that if they contrived it in such a way that the way that um, that Marty is trying the whole time to introduce his parents to each other and it's not working. But then at the end, some incident occurs that causes George to get hit by the car and Marty's the one that causes it. Then you would have a self-consistency um, principle because you'd be like, oh, what we never knew from the original story that they met because the dad hit George with the car is that Marty was the one that caused it. So it required Marty to travel back in time to, to cause the crash to create Marty. But if that happened, then they would have he would have to go back to the exact same future. And he didn't. He changed the future. Is there an idea in science or an idea in physics to like that you would mathematically explain events that had uh, important uh, significant events and non-significant events like events that had a lot of consequences and events that do not have a lot of consequences is there a way that we that 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 is quantified by any theory that you're aware of not that i'm aware of but it is something that i think it's something that we'll come back to at points um and it is something i do want to talk about because that's how I view it. And, and like, not, not to do a spoiler, but that's how I view it when we do come to the Marvel universe or, um, in the future with, with what happens in terms of time travel there, is that we do have these specific timelines. And the idea of a timeline is that a timeline is a, is a, is a record of significant events and that the significant events must happen but there can be deviations and differences in the individuals or, you know, certain circumstances of how their lives play out so long as these significant events all occur when they're supposed to. Um, 
And that that's how I'm viewing this. But I'm you, viewing it that like there's yeah. that in terms of the that it's almost a self-consistency principle, almost that whatever Marty is doing in terms of how he is changing and affecting the future doesn't really matter so long as the parents still get together at the dance. So long as that major event occurs, the rest of it and the small subtle changes it brings to the future don't actually matter all that much. And at the end of the day, it is the dad that ends up like getting the guts himself. If you if you if you look at the yeah. story, Marty did all sorts of stuff which didn't work, and then ultimately, like something kind of led to the thing. Yeah. But the assumption is Marty didn't have to work that hard, probably. We don't like it's hard, you know, you never know. So he was desperately trying to fix that because he doesn't know physics and he doesn't really, no one knows anything for sure. But it's probable, according to Novikov's self consistency, <laughs> it's highly likely that no matter what he would have done, it would have led to that anyway, because it's a significant event which has a big, like, uh, I don't know. I I would love to. I'd be interested in knowing the maths about this. Like what what the, what the significance of an event does in space time leaves some sort of dent, which makes things like which means it has to happen because it's right. so significant. It's pretty interesting. So probably no matter what he would have done, he probably didn't need to panic that much. If we think about like the the future being determined, if we think of it that like everything is determined, that we don't have any self-control or any self kind of, um, if we don't have any ability to change the course of events in reality, then yeah, surely going back in time, it doesn't matter what you do because it's all been determined already. So I guess it just depends on what your view of the universe is and what your view of the way the way things things are yeah well my view on that because if i think from a religious point of view if you think about um they talk about free choice and not free choice and god determining things you know so like there's some god out there that already has determined everything and there's a will right Mm. But I, I used to always be like, yeah, but he didn't share his plans with me. I don't know what they are. So they may as well not exist. So I'll just do what I was going to anyways do. Yeah. Like it doesn't help unless you have special information about the future, which we don't. Well, Doc gets we just- some. And that's what's interesting, right? Because there are certain parts of it within the story and when this is all happening that tells us it's like you said it's that moment when he sits in the car and he types in the date and he says it's a very important date in history and then he goes oh that's and to me I was like so has Doc just realized that that's the date he invented time travel and did that occur that to me doesn't have anything to do with Marty but maybe that occurs because the experiment, that that one minute experiment with Einstein worked. That the moment that that worked and then he got in the car, then that meant that it flashed back to, in his mind, that date 
being the date that he actually did invent time travel because time travel just worked. So he did do it. It only became significant after time travel was successful to him. He might not have, like, it's, he might not have ever really bookmarked that day had it not led to this success. So once the success was there, he's like, oh, shit. I have to now remember. It's like if, if if you're in a relationship, but you don't know that it was important to remember your first date until you're like, when was our first date? And then you go back to try to figure it out or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, but he does goes, he goes, here's a very important date. And then he says it and then he's like, oh, so why would he say it in the first place if he didn't realize its significance? Because I think this significant, because This is what I was thinking. I was thinking that the way that they do it, the way that they portray it, is that it nothing is set, nothing is determined. That for Doc, up until that moment, there was no guarantee that time travel was invented or that he would invent time travel. Like he he came up with the idea that day in 1955. And he came up with it before Marty got there. It was when he slipped in the bathtub and he got the cut on his head. And when Marty goes to the house, he has the cut in his head because yes. it's just happened. And um, and that's why Marty's able to say to him, like, you invented time travel today. And he's like, I just had the idea. What are you talking about? But that tells Doc it will work. Uh, but Doc then spends like 30 years trying to make it work. So maybe to me, when he's sitting in the car 30 years later... I'm thinking there's two there's two variations of the future. There's a variation of the future where Marty goes back in time and there's a variation where he doesn't go back in time. And at that moment, all the events leading to that moment determine Marty is about to go back in time. That it the Marty going back in time is set from that moment on because Doc sits in the car and he goes, oh, that's the day I invented time travel. And the reason he puts the time in is because he knows that it works, not just from Einstein, but he also knows in that moment, Marty goes back in time. And that's like, but then we can always say that, well, then maybe it was always the case. So when Marty meets Doc at the age of 14, Doc already knows in two years time, Marty's going to go back in time. I met Marty in 55. I was... (laughs) I was thinking that as you were talking that he, like Doc Brown's standing there, his life has included already Marty coming to tell him that it will work. So he he had about a half an hour of wondering whether his time travel idea would work. And then he was told, oh, no, it is going to work. And he's working towards it. It doesn't mean that every year of those 30 years he was 100% sure. Yeah. He still didn't know what the future would hold. Yeah. So then he's aha, he was like, oh my God, this is the moment. It's right now because he knows Marty is going to come back. He doesn't know when is the exact moment. Yeah. Until he sets the time and he's like, oh shit, it's fucking right now. I think oh, that's what yeah, it is. Oh yeah, that's what it is. That Yes, you're right. That's exactly what it is. That's what it is. Because he obviously, when he meets Marty, he, so he knows that, time travel is going to work at some point around Marty being this age. But I guess he doesn't necessarily know in 1955 um, when he meets Marty. Yeah. And he might not know, like he might, yeah, like he, 
he doesn't know. It's like it could be anywhere in the span of a bunch of years. So he puts the time in the car and he sits there and he goes, this is it. This is the moment when Marty's going to come back. Like this was, this was, he's saying, this is the day I invented time travel. But in his mind, he's thinking, this is the day I met Marty. No, I just realized he has the letter and he's wearing a bulletproof vest. No, he's still, he opens a letter that says you're going to be (laughs) killed. There's so many inconsistencies, it's really upsetting me. (laughs) Wait, no, no, we can do this. Okay. He he gets the letter that says he's going to be killed. It's He doesn't know in the letter that Marty's going to travel back in time on that day. He does, because Marty writes in the letter on the day I travel back in time. (laughs) Literally writes it. (laughs) Okay, 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 but still. So maybe his excitement was like he was setting Marty's thing himself. He put it in there and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm setting it because now Marty's going to like, Marty just uses think, DeLorean to run away I from think the there's still, terrorists. I think that there is still moments throughout where it's not entirely set. I still think there's moments where memories are being created. And we know that because when Marty goes back in time and he starts to be erased – then we know that time is being fluid, that the the decisions are not set. So I think it's the same in the future. The decision at that moment is not set that everything is going to work. But whatever way the sequence of events are occurring, when Doc sits in and he types the date into the car is a moment where the memory gets created for Doc of having met Marty and that this is now set. This This sequence of events truly does occur. I know you're saying he has the letter, but it's all... I like it. I think it's all fluid. I think it's all like... Do you I know? think so too. Also, the I memory, think that's a more interesting... The memory of... Yeah. That's a more interesting time travel movie to me anyway. Like, even though it was meant to be, it was only when it happened. When Einstein travelled that one minute was when it cemented the timeline. Yeah. And the memory popped into his head that he knows Marty's going to be there. That is more interesting. You're correct. Yeah. I like the idea that even though something is predetermined, it's not really a reality until X, Y, Z happens concretely that Mm. makes it a reality. Well, it gives us this. And so it needed, Einstein needed to do that in order to set up the past Mm. in, in in his timeline. Yeah. And it's the same with the dance then. And what we think about is it's like to do with, it brings us back to, it's not necessarily many worlds, but probabilities. And it's just kind of going like, it, it's fluctuating. You know, the the wave function isn't set. The Like this event has a high probability. And then maybe because something else has occurred, well, that probability is reduced a bit. And this one's popped up a bit. And it's, it, it's, it's in flux, Frida. It's in flux. It's a flux capacitor. But yeah, also like, even though he... Marty came back in time, there's still a chance that the time travel won't work at that moment. Yeah. There's always a probability, the wave function, only once there's a definite answer does the probability of it not happening sort of like become irrelevant. And so, yeah, I like that. There's always the chance that it isn't. Yeah. So the memory creation in that pops into his head. It's yeah. kind of I like that. See, this is better to think about than many worlds. Yeah. 
I think, because it feels true to existence and the fact that mm. I can't explain it, but I like that feeling of yeah, our sort of forward arrow and the actions that we do and how things are kind of all over the place and until we take a certain course of action. Yeah. And, and even and the fact that we can sort of change our past and our memories even in perspective of new information. Yeah. That's a whole other can of worms. But but, but I'm okay with it. Sort of and I'm okay with, almost. like, I'm okay with, like, Marty disappearing as well because I'm like, that's what makes sense to me. If you change the past so that you are not born, then you should just disappear because why would you be there? You know? And and he's fading away because the likelihood is getting less and less that things are going to work out and that those probabilities are reducing. And then he solidifies when the probability solidifies. And it's like, oh, no, OK, so this is this is what's going to happen now. Like there's no course from have here on that will change. Yeah, it's the kiss is the moment that is like the absolute path. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I think I think it's like there are there are particular points that collapse the wave function, as it were. Mm. The kiss, Einstein traveling one minute. Yeah. So I think that there are moments that have, what did you call it? What did we say? Moments that are more significant. Yeah, major events. And I'm p- personally very interested in quantifying significance of moment by having some sort of like map of timeline that spikes certain yeah. moments as more significant than others. Yeah, certain mo- and not even cool. specific moments in time, but actions, because the original moment um, of the parents, like, so the, the most significant thing is, is them kissing, but the the bits beforehand of how they get together, how they end up at the dance together don't matter. Like that sequence of events just changes the story a bit, but it doesn't actually matter so long as the kiss happens at the dance. That's that's the point that's... Um, but they bring... It's like the, it's bringing somewhat closer, but it's not quite there. It's not quite there. It's not quite yeah. there. It's, it's sort of this constant missing, 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 missing. Mm-hmm. It's the kiss. Yeah is a moment of great significance. But the significance of the kiss is Marty's birth. And that's the thing. The significance of the kiss is Marty's birth. Birth. The significance of Marty's birth is time travel. That is how babies are made. Yeah. But as in, like, I'm just saying that the, <laughs> the other things, the influences that occur around the kiss that change the future don't matter. The, those subtle changes to the future have no significance it's so long. The major mm-hmm. significance is Marty's birth. That's what's important. It's the parents getting together and having kids. That's what's that's what's important in society, Frida. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, that's so. What it. we learn from this movie is that we've kiss, we've kissing learned is is what how babies are born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no. What we have learned is that in reality, in science, we. Uh, and this is like, while I might spend the majority of my time saying we can't travel backwards in time, we can't travel backwards in time, we can't travel backwards in time, the reality is we haven't fully closed off time travel to the past in physics. It's entirely unlikely, but we cannot say 
in physics because of the whole closed time-like curves situation as the described in the solutions to general relativity. It's just another one of those things where when we actually look at the theory of, of physics, we can't say that it's uh, an impossibility. But the reality is, is that for us, we experience time as an arrow in one direction. And that experience of time is due to entropy and moving towards a higher entropy system and a more disordered system rather than having any reflection on uh, future or past events. That our concept and thinking of time travel is not about being able to influence the past or about these paradoxes. It's just about the fact that we, as creatures within the universe, experience entropy and therefore experience an arrow of time. And, and that's, Is that's entropy a consequence of the Big Bang? I just wanted to check that. Um, I don't know if consequence, I don't, I don't know if that's the right term to use. Um, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that I don't think it is. I'm just saying I don't actually know. Uh, I just know that like the the concept is that the Big Bang was a moment of low entropy, and so that's why we have the arrow of time because uh, we're moving towards high entropy. And throughout the movement towards high entropy, that movement from low entropy of the Big Bang is what has allowed for the formation of stars and planets and and life in the universe <sighs> and that's, that's amazing it. so so in conclusion we've gone like the 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 arrow of time as a consequence of entropy increasing um disorder increasing means probably if you've gone and go to back to the to the past you're just going to another place in space, effectively, that's at the same entropy disorder time. That would not violate the things. But it doesn't mean it's completely impossible. Yeah. I and don't know about the other place. About. Um, I don't know about, about it being another place. It's just It just depends. There's, there's different variations on it. There's the idea of, if you look at it from many worlds interpretation, then the idea would be that you would go to a different, like to a copy of, of your existence um, where, where mm. different probabilities have occurred. Or there is the, if you were to be able to move along a time-like curve and go back to a different point in time, then anything that you do was already predetermined and preset so that there is, um, yeah. you know, self-consistency principle that you can follow. Uh, but the idea of actually being able to influence and make changes introduces these grandfather paradoxes and bootstrapping paradoxes, which basically says that if you could go back in time, you couldn't make any change that would affect the future unless you were in the many worlds interpretation where you went into a a, a parallel version or a different um, interpretation of your history where the future that you're affecting is not your actual future or you're not changing your past you're changing the past of a copy okay thank you for that summary time travel i thought it was a very interesting conversation 
Yes, I was really excited to talk about this. Um, I'm really happy that we did. Um, and I like where I like where it took us, particularly considering we're about to kick off a mini series about time travel. So <laughs> we have five other movies to talk about this with. But for this, this is the end of Back to the Future, which means we get to go right into our what the fuck. What the fuck. What the What the fuck. So, Freda, what is your what the fuck moment? Okay. I have like five. Letting someone who was hit by... Sorry. Well, <laughs> first I I accidentally mentioned my first one, which was like they simulate the clock, the clock tower thing in a model and I don't understand why they need to do that. <laughs> they simulate it. They like go, all right. It's like... I don't, I'm not sure what is useful, how this helps them at all. It's cute visuals. It's, don't, you know what I mean? Is I know, that the one where no he makes the model and it's like, what... how did he have time to make the model? Because it wasn't like a computer simulation, right? Didn't yeah. he actually just like make a little 3D model? <laughs> because he just needs to go, this is what we're doing. You see yeah. this picture and the car goes here and that's good. I, just as a side point, I love the hook and the hanger thing. Like, yeah. I just think it's totally adorable uh, it's just so cute and simple this movie really is just yeah it's a delight but the little that's got to go the hook and it's got to go after the thing and the lightning gorgeous <sighs> he just needed to show him to demonstrate he didn't actually need to set it on fire <laughs> okay because it's not the same amounts of power fair fair it's all scaled up <laughs> or down it's ridiculous okay anyway but that's not my what the fuck okay my what the fuck is this Okay, my what the fuck is letting someone who was just hit by a car sleep for nine hours. Yeah. Because <laughs> he gets hit by a car and the first thing they do is bring him in and put him to sleep. And she, she just sleeps for nine hours. But and it, she's like, hey, you've been asleep for nine hours. <laughs> but it's the 50s. It's you do. Maybe they didn't understand concussion back then. <laughs> Oh, fair point. <laughs> it's probably true. Well, I mean. But also, she said you've been sleeping for nine hours and then it was dinner time. So then I was like, well, wasn't that after school? Like he should have. I don't. Look, there's plot holes in the movie, okay? <laughs> time That's travel, Frida. It's not that time, time means nothing in this movie. <laughs> Anyways, what's yours? Um, I've got a couple. So, I mean, I have to talk about that. Everything to do with the mom thing just upsets me so deeply. I, I'm so uncomfortable by it every moment. It's I'm, hilarious. It's, just, <laughs> it's like, it's so funny. <laughs> it's why the movie's so funny because it's, it's just so It's her googly it's so eyes. It's like how intense she is and it's just like I am so uncomfortable by this. Stop it. <laughs> I was I like with so him, funny. I'm like, run away from her. Get away from her. <laughs> um I love how he's so he's so shocked, but his behavior almost sounds like he's dazzled by her beauty or something like that. <laughs> I love that. It's very funny the way he plays it. He's like, You're you look, you look, you look. Like, if, if she didn't know any better, she would be like, he's so dazzled that he doesn't yeah. even know what to say. And she's like, thin. He looks so thin. 
It's so funny. I think it's the funniest fucking thing ever. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, right. So I've got, well, one thing though I do have is just like the level, which I is one thing that I completely skimmed over in my brain. Um, the actual full on sexual assault in the car by Biff. Yeah. Like that yeah. was. I mean, obviously, the way it was being portrayed at the time was not being portrayed as what we would see it now as. Um, it was still being seen as something like really kind of lighthearted and goofy. But like watching it now, you're like, that is full on sexual assault. I don't think it's goofy at all. I think it's terrifying. But it's- I think that it is pretty serious and scary. And I think that. I've got to go out on a limb and say, like, part of the reason why this movie is so enduring is that it's pretty scary and it's pretty fucked up in the middle. Like, it's not fun. Like, it gets a little bit dark. Biff is a dark motherfucker. Right. And I think that that. That's true. Doc does get shot as well, which is also dark. The movie be great. Yeah, he gets killed. <laughs> yeah, it's, there are. You're right. You're right. I guess maybe we I was just looking stuff at our it memory, like, but I suppose I was just looking at it like in this whole thing of it being all fun and lighthearted, and then next thing you have this really serious act. And to me, it just still felt like it was very kind of casual. But then maybe I'm just thinking about the time of the 80s where it would be seen. Yeah, it wouldn't be taken as seriously as it would now. Um, okay, so I've got, I do have two fun, what the fucks. Number one is, um, like, okay, so there's just the complete and utter stupidity of the fact that George fights Biff, punches him, saves her, goes into the dance, and then some random guy grabs her on the dance floor and he just stands back and goes, okay then. It's just like, (laughs) what is that? Why? Yeah, they just want us to keep going a little bit longer with the tension because it's not quite getting there. And <laughs> yeah, I know it drags on a little bit. But yeah. I know what you mean. Um, and then my my favorite <laughs> like, bit yeah. is, and I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it, I can't remember exactly when it was, but it's he wakes up in bed because his alarm goes off, his radio alarm goes off. Right, it's got his his whole alarm clock up. Uh, whose alarm goes off at ten twenty eight a.m. seriously Uh, he could have been snoozing Uh, no 1028 is a weird number no one's alarm goes off at 1028 that makes no sense his alarm went off at 10 and he snoozed 7 minutes snoozed 7 minutes snooze 7 minutes snooze 1028 (laughs) Why, why is his snooze on 7 minutes it's a common snooze. <laughs> it's a common snooze. Well, we know who, well, like, all that does is says who has iPhones. Uh, so when does he wake up at 10.28, though? <laughs> anyway, that's all. I'm when? just reaching. Anywho. Um, okay, that's it. So <laughs> It was, 
It was hard to do what the fuck. I just want to yeah. say that it was hard to do what the fuck because because yeah. it's great. You could go the you know the rape stuff, but honestly, I I honestly for the bottom of my heart think that if it wasn't for that, it would be such a Disney Disney would have produced yeah. it. But Disney said no. His mother is trying to have sex with him. We will not do this. And thank God that Disney didn't do it because it would have sucked. That's true. Disney was like, no. They had to shop it around a lot because everyone was like, no. But they were like, no, we're doing this thing with the mother, the the, the sex with the mother thing. Because it's crazy. (laughs) All right. Okay, final verdicts, final verdicts. Okay. (laughs) Does it pass the Sam's test, which is our version of the Bechdel test? No, of course it doesn't. (laughs) Does it pass the Sam's test? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. No, No, of course it doesn't. (laughs) No, it doesn't. There's only, it's Leah Thompson and that's it. At one point we've got Marty's girlfriend, but like... (laughs) It's, no. Um, By the way, I love her vest with the black vest with the rose. I don't remember that. Anyway, the 80s. did it pass? Here comes the science. Well, no, but who cares? <laughs> no, excuse me. This does not violate our principles that if you don't explain it, there is no violation. Uh, yeah, but it does use time travel, which isn't real. But that's true, actually. So maybe it does pass. Here comes the science, because they didn't. I didn't think about that. It does pass it. Yes. They didn't explain it. Okay. Therefore, it's fine. They didn't explain it. The low probability that time travel could happen. It did happen, and he didn't make any massive changes. He only made small changes. So he didn't violate... Karkarov's self-consistency. Novikov, but all right. <laughs> Novikov's self-consistency. It there. does pass the science <laughs> test. <laughs> this is a good science movie based on our criteria, which is like, don't explain something you can't explain. All right. What's your, what's your final verdict? What's your final verdict? <laughs> 4.3. I was 4.3. <laughs> That's such a weird coincidence. <laughs> what a weird number to gel on. Proud of us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so yeah, Frida, what's the next movie? <laughs> okay, Time Cop is next. Okay. In two weeks. Okay, cool. <laughs> And next week... Oh, yeah. So next week we're starting our our time travel, wibbly-wobbly-timey-wimey miniseries. And the first movie we're doing, which is specifically <laughs> designed to come directly after having done Back to the Future this week, which I'm excited about, is See You Yesterday. And it is a gorgeous movie on Netflix. And everybody needs to watch See You Yesterday. It's excellent. Wibbly wobbly wibbly wobbly timey wimey. But I don't want people to get confused and think we're doing Doctor Who because we're not. But still, wibbly wobbly timey wimey. I didn't think of another title and it's just in my head. So there we go. That's what we're doing. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can catch us on Science of the Movies 
at gmail.com if you want to send us any information or recommendations and you can find us on tiktok and instagram at science at the movies please give us your recommendations for movies you want us to cover and please give us a review and those of you watching on the live please give us a review we need people to review the podcast um to get more attention basically and we like attention to the full of podcasts so thank you anywho okay thanks bye (laughs) 